welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, Riley, I, I feel like it's weird that you haven't wanted to discuss um, the romance of your favorite, your favorite musical artist recently. Because it's all over, like my TikTok is inundated now. Well, um, yes, as is mine. Um, I, I'm trying, I'm doing my best, kind of an early New Year's resolution, if you will, to, uh, tone, tone back the Taylor Swift. Um, oh, just, just slightly. Okay. Just a little. That's my, that's my New Year's resolution. Um, sure. But now that you've asked, now that you've, now that you've brought it up and I wasn't the one to bring it up. Um, no, she's, she's dating an American football boy now. Um, and that's that's you you were distinguishing American football from fo- sorry, fo- football, sorry from football to the rest of the world, which is that soccer was, in America and that is what that, that was. was. That I was took a, that more as he's an American boy, but yes. also a football boy. Because I think he's very much both boy. of those things. Okay. Yes. Yes. That is exactly what I meant. Two different <laughs> distinguishing terms there, American and football, both to describe <laughs> Travis Kelsey. I didn't know if you were just for all of our European listeners. No. <laughs> we're no. not talking about the one where you kick the ball with your foot. She's we're she's, talking about the one we called football where you throw the ball with your hands. She's dated many non-American boys. She just dated Joe Alwyn for six years and he was British. So, oh, well, I didn't know that about him. Well, there's that song she wrote called London Boy. Yeah. That's about how she loves her London boy. And how British he is. And now people on TikTok, of course, have edited it to be I love my football boy. Yeah. Um, it's very funny. They added an eagle screech in there. It's, it's pretty good. Well, and she changed the lyrics to her own song at one yeah. of the shows, right? <laughs> she did. That karma is dating an American football boy. Karma is dating an American football boy. That's what she said. <laughs> I don't know if that's yep. exactly what it was. but <laughs> No, that's it. That's it. I think that was it. I'm pretty that's sure. It. Yeah. Uh, I, TikTok of- surfaced that clip to me. Yeah. Um, from every angle, like every other, I, I don't know how, I yeah. don't, I don't look for Taylor Swift content on TikTok. So I don't know how this happened to my it algorithm. You. I've seen no, that now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me, which was about her British movie boyfriend. Um, it's karma is the guy on the chiefs, which is what she said. It's uh. pretty funny. And then she it's ran and hugged him after the show. It's all that. And they kissed. It, the the only thing, and this is not uh, this is not anti Taylor feeling here. Um, <laughs> you have to be so. We we are prefacing with this. <laughs> yes, I'm 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 pro Taylor Swift, but um, you know, all of her previous partners, I feel like it's been so easy, like after the breakup, to root for her and not him. Mm-hmm. She's really playing in dangerous waters with this walking golden retriever of a man. Yeah, like his old treat tweets resurfaced, yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh no, is this is he going to be canceled?" And it was all just like the most like doofy, like <laughs> harmless, <laughs> like like I I I like this guy for her, but I I if if they break up and she she writes some awful song about him, I'm gonna feel real bad for I him. Know. Well, I mean, it's true. I saw those tweets, too, where he's talking about, like, I see a squirrel out the window. And then there's the the Easter one made me laugh. Like, that literally, was, 
That was the best thing I've ever seen ha- when he said happy Easter, hashtag shout out Jesus taking one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a good joke. It was a good joke. And <laughs> well, it was a wholesome joke. Well, the the best part was people pointing out if you look at where he was in life making those tweets sitting in like his college classroom as he was tweeting instead of paying attention in like his math class as he said in one of them. Taylor Swift was like releasing Speak Now, her entirely mm-hmm. self-written, you know, third album uh, and already becoming uber famous. I think if I was a publicist for him, that tweet, though, the Easter one would be exactly what I would want people to know because it is wholesome. But it's a little edgy, just a little. It's like it's like that little bit of like, uh oh, it's a little bad. It's not, but it's the kind of thing where like, ooh, like you cover your mouth and go ooh when you're a little kid. Ooh, I can't believe he said that. I, I don't know. I feel like if you had to write the tweets that would be like in a in a romantic comedy to represent this guy's just a big old lovable goofball. Those would be the tweets you'd write. And I would say, no one actually tweets like that. It's true. Especially, like, all just the, like, the minute spelling errors. Like, like squirrel being, like, S-Q-U-I-R-L-E or something like that. (laughs) There was a W involved. There's a W in there. There there were some spelling issues. I'm not gonna, you know, spelling is not my strongest area. Uh, so I'm not gonna no. throw too much shade. Like I, although I just thought it was it added I, to I do, the flavor, part yes. of the charm. Yeah, yes. it is. Well, I think I think what was I saw one TikToker point this out. What was particularly charming about it is that I am not a great speller, so I don't judge. But I also do spell check everything that I put out there. Like I, because I know I'm not. I'm like, ooh, I better double check that that's how you spell that. The fact that he's like, I don't care. Full sin. Well, it's I, I'm pretty. I mean, I don't know. It depends on what you have turned on on your computer. But I, in my experience, Twitter will put, give you the little squiggly red line if you have something spelled wrong. Mm-hmm. I like that he looked at it. And I was like, it's fine. Worry <laughs> about I'm, it. I'm right, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, this is not. I know, people people get what I'm going for. It's fine. It was f- close enough. They know where squirrel is. <laughs> this is uh, the, this yeah. is basically like our royal family kind of stuff like that's what that's the level of this is like when you know when there's like a royal romance they get so excited over you know across the pond and this is this is what we do yeah we really can't we really can't judge the british for that kind of stuff Mm because it's like why do i know so much about this like you know it's like there's taylor swift who's who's she dating is she happy how's britney spears Mm -hmm. it matters that she's doing well to me Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't think it's bad i think it's just we, we've got no room to judge. No. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Yeah. It's totally true. It's a it's a big deal in the uh, in the in the Taylor Swift realm because mm-hmm. this is a boy that's publicly admitting that he's dating Taylor Swift. And while you think all the boys that have dated her would have wanted to do that before, this is a first. They that's never right, yeah. they never publicly talk about dating Taylor Swift. It's always like, well, you know, my private life is private. And he says that when he's like, hey, I'm not going to answer questions at football interviews about if I'm in love with Taylor Swift. That's personal. But also then he gets on his podcast and uh, talks about, you know, spending the weekend in Argentina with her. That's good. I mean, it, it is. It's it's interesting, though, because saying that none of the other guys who have dated her have wanted to, like, talk about it publicly is like, I think there's so much toxicity in that. <laughs> that mm-hmm. we're kind of like, that's what we are. And it's weird that we're juxtaposing it with a football boy. A football boy. Which, you know, you think of, and I know 
you know, no, nothing is a monolith. Not everyone who plays football is like uber, like alpha male, like, you know, but like mm-hmm. that is the image of football. Right. And like somehow he's not that. I read a whole thing know. piece about how she is changing the landscape of what uh, women in America now are like drawn to physically in men and like how we all love like the soft like small boys like she dated before like Harry Styles and Joe Alwyn who like you know are movie stars and singers and they're kind of small and they're you know very like pretty looking you know and now Mm -hmm. she's like dating big big American (laughs) football boy big American American football everyone suddenly loves big American football men again (laughs) I I don't know because I was fed several TikToks. I, I, you're responsible for your own for you page, but there was some sound that was going around that was popular, and everyone kept saying no, but this with the Rubik's cube guy, and I was like, what is a Rubik's cube guy? And it's a video of this skinny nerdy guy, and he's like kind of dancing while he sings like lip syncs to a song about being vanilla. Uh-huh. And he's solving a Rubik's Cube at the same time. And so he finishes the Rubik's Cube. And it's got just, like, so many, like, stitches and and reposts and just just hundreds of thousands of women thirsty for this little nerdy man who can solve a Rubik's <laughs> Cube very quickly. I, I Man, well, I haven't seen this. I've got to look this up. Oh, is this just women being allowed to establish what they're actually attracted to versus what what they're told to be attracted to? Maybe that's I think versus so. the uh, what is the term high quality man? Yeah. Is that what it is? Because I think in both cases, it's less about the physicality mm-hmm. and that both of these men seem incredibly harmless. Yeah, <laughs> and that's an incredibly attractive quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I definitely think I definitely think we're moving in that direction and i don't know because like i also i will say we talk about like our for you page is like a product of us um the content that i engage with generally is me self-selecting for stuff so when i think of like where is masculinity now like when i think of guys that are attractive now i'm thinking of like characters from our flag means death so that's a whole you know what i mean like (laughs) but i chose that you know so Yes, it's a different, it's different now, but like I, I did that to myself, so. (laughs) So I don't know. Now we're back to loving football, boys. Jason Kelsey was on America's most sexiest men's most wanted list or whatever the heck it's called. You can't tell me that's not a product of of the, the Taylor Swift induced. Who? Football boy. The other one? Travis Kelsey's brother. His, why was he not? I thought his it was pretty funny, was? though. His brother was was on the list. Patrick Dempsey was the most sexiest man alive, but he was on the list that like people does like the whole volume like thing, and and he Jason Kelsey was was on the list. And there's a post going viral that their own parents shared, both their mom and their dad, of a picture of them when they were on Cincinnati's football team, and they both look like you know like kind of dorky, yeah, not super attractive like college guys. Um, that said one of them's dating Taylor Swift and one of them was on people's sexiest men alive list. Anything's possible for you. Both of <laughs> them well, shared it. Anything's possible, but I don't, I don't know. Possible. This is a pretty specific 
Not for everyone. Date, not yeah. not no not yeah. everyone gets to date Taylor Swift. And, and not everyone will be the sexiest man alive. Some of that he, is just, his it's response just the, to it's it. just the luck of genes in the society you live in. Also, I don't know what that voting system is because Patrick no. Dempsey, don't get me wrong, absolute silver fox. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people that were just like, it's not that he's not attractive. It's just that he's not like he This is not his year of like big projects. That's no. what threw me. That's what I mean. I understand like in the height of McDreamy. Yeah. Or even as the show then? went on, because I think he is one of those guys who's gotten hotter as he's Absolutely. gotten older. Completely. <laughs> just. Well, he is, but like I, I did, I dig Patrick Dempsey. I have since can't buy me love, love Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but why now? It, right, like, like not Pedro Pascal or yes. everyone said Pedro, it Pedro, Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I don't know. Because that, yes, that he's all over my TikTok, and I know why. <laughs> well, I, I self-select for that. I, I'm yes. aware of that. Yes, that is that's my fault. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Jason, Jason Kelsey's up in there. He said, "I'm not even the sexiest man in my family." I don't know how I made it on the sexiest man alive list. But Do you think that some intern just p- just picked the wrong brother? I was like, let's just roll with it. <laughs> Oops, I didn't know there were two. I looked up Kelsey. This one came up. I how are there the two? <laughs> and, he, and he's football. He's also he's, football. He's also <laughs> football. <laughs> there are two football Kelseys. <laughs> possible well <sighs> the odds are so low uh, speaking of people that you find unconventionally attractive <laughs> oh, God. all right yeah yeah that's that's it that's the lead and silver foxes <laughs> or or orange burnt orange ones i guess we got, we got there foxes <laughs> yes. or just foxes just fo- just actual foxes i don't know now i'm feeling weird about it um Robin Hood, <laughs> uh-huh. you know the Disney animated Robin Hood, the one that uh, we all watched as kids. Well, yeah, Riley, you probably watched as a kid too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was one of those that wasn't like everyone was watching it when I was a kid, so I watched it when I was a kid. But more so, like you know, one of the things that mom and dad turn on as a oh, this was a classic Disney mm-hmm. movie. You'll love it. You're a kid. Watch Jeez. it. Jeez, nineteen. 19- no, when it's is the seventies? Wasn't it seventy three? Yep. Yeah. Wow. There's it, man. When you start trying to look up like when was the Robin Hood movie? It's like which of the five hundred? I don't right. know. <laughs> Fifty the, years ago. The sexiest one. You know, <laughs> sexy Robin Hood. Uh, it is. It is a sexy Robin Hood. Um, <laughs> okay, stand by it. Well, I like that. I think it's in the Wikipedia article. It links it directly with the rise of furries. Like, this was definitely a contributing factor. Is it? Like, canon? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of... I, I think it's in there. I think a lot of people have that opinion. I mean, I, I don't know how it couldn't be. Like, I would have guessed that. I don't have evidence, but yes, I would have guessed that for sure. Because and Now, I will say, as I was rewatching it, and I don't feel like I need to rehash the plot, it's Robin Hood, you know. Yeah. He robs from the rich to feed the poor and... He gets to end up with Maid Marian. Yeah, it's also kind of a weirdly episodic for a movie. Like, it's not really mm-hmm. one, it's one big story, but it's a lot of small stories in that. So it is kind of like the plot's just like the stories of Robin Hood. Yep, all kind of mushed together. And instead of humans, all of the characters are played by various animals from Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Nottingham, Sherwood Forest, Nottingham and Sherwood Forest. You know, um, forest animals. Did 
Did everyone see? I was looking. I was looking on the Wikipedia page because you mentioned it. Did you see that it was said that in 2020 they were making a live action slash CGI remake? No. That was going to feature anthropomorphic characters like the ones in the animated film, but live action slash CGI. Um, obviously, hasn't come out yet. I would like to know the story behind the thought that went into that. <laughs> well, well, I know it made a big. Well, but I think it. I, I don't think that's as wild as you think because I know one of the people that claim it as their biggest influence is the people that, or the person that created Zootopia, uh, which very much has oh, that, that vibe. So I that think I sense. would imagine it would be done like that, like that okay. kind of not live live action, like okay, three D animated. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that makes okay. more sense because the live action thing I was like, yeah. See, like, I was thinking like they did with like <laughs> Fox just. That's around. what I thought. Like they did with the live action Lion King, that was like just real <laughs> real animals. Like, I thought they were going to do like that, but just like a real a real fox. And it's so hard because when you start talking about like anthropomorphic, like you have like, OK, obviously Robin Hood is a fox, but he walks on two legs and he sword fights and shoots a bow and arrow. He and, wears like, clothes. He wears clothes. <laughs> yeah. And so like he's doing humany. He moves like a human, but he's a fox. Well, sometimes he moves like a fox. You get what I mean. Like, that's the kind of anthropomorphic. But then you move into like, did you ever see for just like a minute? The girls got into the My Little Pony, where they become the Pony Girls. Did you ever see this? This is in the newer My Little Pony, not like old school My Little Pony. The Friendship is Magic, My Little so Pony. So there's the Friendship is Magic, and they're ponies. Yeah. And then they did some spinoff of that, where they can go into like the human world, and they turn into sort of teenage girls. Except they're still kind of ponies, but they're also teenage girls. Okay. Have you seen that? I have not. That was where things got, like, they watched that a little bit, and I was like, this is a little weird. Because it's, like, they're still just the ponies. They're exactly the My Little Ponies you know about. Like, Rainbow Dash and Twilight Sparkle and whatever. But then they turn into, like, they're walking upright, people-shaped Sort of, but like their ears are a little weird and then they're still the color of whatever pony they are. So this is a world where, you know, people are like purple and pink and all that. Well. That's I interesting don't know. because it kind of insinuates that the ponies couldn't exist in the human world. Like they had to they had to be translated to human world. Yeah. Even though like ponies like do do ex- do exist. Now I could be getting the yeah, mythology but- wrong. For sure. <laughs> What's the lore? <laughs> I don't know the lore. I didn't. What? I, I remember watching and going, oh, what? Because it looked like somebody took like. And I mean, I'm not going to criticize this because I think that looking to like fan art and fan fiction for inspiration in part gave me season two of Good Omens. So I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> mode of inspiration but it did feel like that like oh we've seen the ponies turned into humans a lot let's do a show where they're humans yeah anyway that's what when you said anthropomorphic that's what i was picturing some sort of mixture of fox human like that's in like the uncanny valley of cgi like see i was just thinking like the like the raccoon from from the the guardians of the galaxy Gotcha. Like he just he lo- he's a raccoon, but he walks on two legs. Well, but see, that's yeah. Like I feel like there is a there is like a a, a spot there where you can do it with like CGI, and it's not mm-hmm. it's not uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. 
There is there is a spot. Man, it's so it's it's, it's so thin line, that little, though. That, <laughs> that ledge is thin though. Yeah. Like if you want it to, get, yeah. it can get weird. It's starting to look like it's the real world, and these are real animals. They're just behaving differently. That's hard to pull off, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Well, I think it. I think it's kind of disturbing then, because it's like, if I saw you know a lion act that way, I'd be freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, <laughs> that would be scary. Yeah, I can't. I can't guess what the what the the Disney company is thinking, but I would assume they would fault on the side of slightly more cartoony. Yeah, like the <laughs> God, I, you know the fun animals that just walk upright and wear clothes. But see, you know, I would agree. <laughs> and then they did the uh, the the live action the the Little Mermaid, and those those fish animals were just like like just fish. But they're humans. There, there are humans in that world. So you've kind of got to have you've got to have it be more in reality. Good point. Because you've got to have them blend in with actual real sets. Yeah, that's you've got true. a world of all animals. You can create a whole. That's good. And point. I, the, I know they did the Lion King with very realistic looking animals, but to me that felt like part of the reason why it was less successful. Yeah. People actually like cartooning and yeah. cartoony looking things. We relate more to it. Oh, I've been like watching real looking animals just speak to each other with no humans in there. It's like, well, you guys can just look like cartoons if you're just going to be talking to each other like yeah. like humans. Like you're, I mean, you're animals. You all can just be cartoons. Yeah, that's a good point. And I will say that uh, if depending on how you did that, Lady Cluck, <laughs> 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 you got to be so careful with how you're going to have that chicken that's dressed in clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I well, just I feel like that's an opportunity for it to be like, what am I looking at? <laughs> I, well, and I think that if you make it super realistic, an issue of scale comes in too. Because yes. a chicken's just gonna be a little old chicken. <laughs> that's gonna be a little weird. How are you a handmaiden to this this fox that's two times you can't you can't help her put on her clothes? The, the <laughs> snake little, you don't is, have hands. The snake is gonna be really scary. You're, it's going to be hard to understand how Prince John doesn't win. Yeah. Just from like a food web perspective. Yeah, he yeah, he's lying. I mean, Sid, <laughs> once again, it is like a it is like a like a fake like a like a fictional tale. Yeah, no, I know it's fake. So like, you know, there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief you got you got yeah, I, I understand it's a cartoon about Robin Hood <laughs> told with animals. Like I get it. <laughs> Well, and I think also since we know that the fans of the original Robin Hood, the animated Robin Hood, have infiltrated the Disney company, it's going to matter to them that those characters have the same energy of the animated, yes, the mm-hmm. paper animation, yeah, and that means they have to be, they have to be hot, and that means they can't be too realistic. Yeah. No. No, I agree with you. I think, and I think uh, key to that for Robin Hood is the accent. Yeah, it was the voice, yeah. not just the accent. It's the accent, but it's the whole voice. It's the whole, I don't know, dashing, cool, kind of laid back, chill. Like he's gonna save the day, but he's not. He's not stressed. You know, uh, that's. I think that's kind of funny because we started off talking about like different types of men that are outside of what we think of, like oh, the alpha being attractive and like this is a great example of like Mm -hmm. women were into a cartoon fox (laughs) because he was kind and chill and and like 
you know, fed the poor and stole from, like, he, he was a good dude that you wanted on your side. He was a fox. <laughs> we obviously have lots more to talk about here. Very important stuff. Uh, before we do that, let's check the group message. We are um, getting into the holiday season this time of year, just wrapping up the Thanksgiving season, diving into all those winter holidays. And I feel like a lot of us this holiday season are looking for a way to give our loved ones something that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship you share. You want to give them something personal, something meaningful. You don't just want to, you know, grab something off of those best gifts for teens list that are all over the internet or whatever. Um, You want to give them something personal. You want to give them something like StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most, no matter how near or far apart you are, which is something that we can all relate to here at Still Buffering, spending uh, our most of our years and days kind of kind of far apart. Um, so every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Questions like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? And after one year, StoryWorth will compile all your loved ones' stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I know this has been a great gift for our dad, uh, Tommy. Um, some of you may have listened to his podcast as well. He, uh, he loves sharing stories. He loves sharing little anecdotes about his life that all of us constantly question our, uh, their, their validity, <laughs> their, uh, you know, truthfulness. Um, but he always has all those stories to share about his old buds. And I know that I have personally loved getting to hear all of the stories he shares, getting to see them, getting to hear his answers to the questions. And uh, if you're anything like us and you have parents, grandparents, if you have siblings, uncles, aunts, um, cousins, friends, besties, roommates, neighbors that also love sharing stories like our dad does, um, it gave him a real opportunity to tell us all about his life before any of us were there for it. And, um, I, I'm sure they would love it just as much as he did. So with StoryWorth, give those you love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash still buffering and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash still buffering to save $10 on your first purchase hot cartoon foxes mm. um i think as i was rewatching it i was thinking about like it's i mean I, w- I was wondering like why was why was young sydney so uh drawn to this fox um and like the voice is a lot of it he's very suave he's very cool he does rob from the rich and give to the poor and that is that's sexy right like that's no matter who you are no matter what time or place you're in that's a sexy look. Uh, so he's like anti-capitalist, right? Cool. Um, and then there is the moment after the archery competition where he is... Now, he is not great at disguises, I will say. Yet he puts on <laughs> two in this film. <laughs> he does. He likes them. He enjoys them, which I enjoy. <laughs> he likes disguises. He doesn't do a great job with them because they do know that he is the stork. It's his one flaw. Mm-hmm. And they, when they reveal, like, it was Robin Hood, and they put him in, like, what, a neck shackle? What is, I don't know what. Where are we going with this, Sid? <laughs> no, in that moment, he's totally, like, he's surrounded by guards. He's in chains. He's 
like he's lost. There's there's no hope, right? Prince John is going to have him beheaded. And in that moment, he's like, long live King Richard, you know, and like he's still defiant, even though like there's no like saying that just sealed his fate when he does that. And it's like this isn't even about love anymore. This is about like standing up for what's right. It's a very cool moment. Well, you know, that that's something that and I don't I mean, I remember watching this when I was a kid and not rewatching it ever in, until the other day. And I was surprised how, like, it's a very anti-establishment film. Mm-hmm. It's it's surprising for... And I mean, I know Robin Hood, that's the story. That's the point of it. But, like, it's funny to see a company like Disney who, yes, I know they'll give your, like, you can be different. You can go your own way. But in, like, a very safe, like, you have to do the right thing way. It's it, it's not a lot of Disney movies out there. Like, no, fight the man. Burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> steal all the money it was a very yeah like a very different movie than what came before it and what came after it and it definitely mm-hmm. was one of those because it was one of those that was made right like under a different production team and before it kind of became a unified disney like monolith and and you can tell because it's a yeah. very different set of ideals in this film it is the stakes are really high i feel like i mean at that one scene they are gonna behead him in front of everyone Mm -hmm. that's what i was gonna say that's a pretty intense thing to bring into a disney movie Mm -hmm. i forgot maybe i never knew that that's what what was gonna happen maybe my kid brain never processed that but they're gonna in that scene they are going to right there it and this is this is something that Imagine you're one of those little kids. There's the one lady who has all the kids, the yeah. bunnies. And you're this this little bunny and you've come to the, see the archery competition and it's great cuz it's like this sort of like a <laughs> carnival, I guess. Like everybody's there. It's the middle of the day. There's probably treats of some sort for you to purchase, which I guess they couldn't cuz they didn't have money. But still like it's a fun family thing. And then all of a sudden the <laughs> your ruler, your monarch is like we're turning this into a public beheading right now right at this moment that's got to be a weird turn of events like how was your weekend well (laughs) it was weird (laughs) there were some guys shooting arrows and then this fox almost got beheaded but then he didn't and then there was chaos i mean but that's that's like i don't know like the later in the movie where they have the not nottingham song where it's just Mm -hmm. all of the poor people getting arrested for being poor Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't think that I, that's it, this movie goes hard. Like it's it's like we're gonna teach you what the rich really do to us. Yeah, you know, if you rebel, they're gonna mm-hmm. murder you, and if you're poor, they're gonna jail you. This is how the world works, kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, and you know, you could. There was a time where you could just be arrested for being poor. Uh, it's now. You could go that to time jail. is still. That's, that's well, still y- now. You know, I think. You know what I mean. Like, you could directly be put in jail for not having money. Now it's indirect. (laughs) Well, still, no. Like, you still can't. (laughs) Indirect. Back then, it was just like, you don't have money, jail. Like, if you sleep in the subway, you could be put in jail. If you, you know, don't pay your rent, you could be put in jail. It's still now. I will say, it is unconstitutional. Riley can back me up on this to uh, criminalize somebody for a state of being, for an intrinsic state of being. That's correct. You can't criminalize a status. It's got to be a status plus a voluntary act. 
Well, this is it's a voluntary people- act to sleep in the subway or sleep in the park or not pay your rent, I guess. Yeah, but it's the the reason I say this though, because it happens all the time, is that I've been trying to encourage some people that I know that we could fight some crappy city ordinances if we just <laughs> we just well, need to get a lawyer to help us. I was gonna say, here's your here's everyone's. You're welcome. This is really interesting stuff. Your property law slash criminal <laughs> law lesson of the day. There are lots of city ordinances that criminalize like sleeping on a sidewalk, but were struck down because they said it's like an inherent condition of being unsheltered is having to sleep somewhere that's in public so like it's not really a voluntary act it's like Mm -hmm. an unavoidable consequence of the status that you are as a person that was in california so you know a little bit more progressive well going on there that would require somebody to know they can make a case for themselves they can do that yeah Yeah. this is where i come in i'm trying but i'm not a lawyer (laughs) so i can like I'm, I well, not either. facilitate. <laughs> I understand I we we work around the laws now, but I I'm just I don't think it's that different that people no. that don't have yeah. money can land in jail for the sheer crime of not having money. No, yeah. no, no, it's true. <laughs> no, it's true, and uh, and I but it does like the movie. It does not shy away from any of that. Which again, like the Robin Hood story doesn't either. But it would have been really easy to smooth that out if they had wanted. You know what well, I mean? I mean, like they could have. Like arresting mm-hmm. the the what, priest monk the friar friar there yeah. yeah yeah friar talk, yeah like that I guess he's a monk he's a monk right it's the robes I don't know I don't know how religion works anymore isn't it's a friar a monk. <laughs> I, I think a friar's a monk it's one oh, it's one of those words well, I don't know which one you were saying anyway well no I mean I, yeah like that like I it's it's interesting because there's an argument in a lot of the new Disney movies that, like, why is the villain always... We've got to have a reason why the villain's actually not that bad or why he's misunderstood or he's got his trauma, too. And I I mean, I agree with that on a certain humanist level, but also sometimes people just choose to be bad people and they're, they are now the bad guy. And it's it's nice when you go back and you see these movies like, no, the, the, the government that's arresting the friar for not donating the money that's meant for the poor to the government, those are bad guys. Uh, yes. No question mm-hmm. that they're bad guys. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that too. I mean, and that's that's the other part where the stakes are high. Like, they're going to hang this priest. Yeah. That's wild. Of, there's a lot of <laughs> attempted execution in this film. So much. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Yeah. There And, and I think... Um, when they show Prince John sitting there surrounded by his piles of riches and still completely miserable, I think that's a really interesting, like, he's stolen everything, he's taken everything, and he's still just a miserable person who wants to hurt more and take more and inflict more harm on people. Like, that's a that's an intense Disney villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's not done. He has everything, but he's not done. Like I don't know if that if that was made now, would we have some like one some like number for him to sing about how well he was he was never the child that was loved as much as his brother, so that's why he's so sad yep. and lonely. That's that's what it would be. I mean, like, well, yeah, I mean, he's the bad guy, but we feel bad for him. Like, no, <laughs> it's not. It's a well, I mean, it's an interesting thing though. It's a, it, it, like it's funny because Justin and I have talked about this before watching things like. I like that we recognize more and more that, like, sometimes, you know, uh, the villain, quote unquote, from whatever, like, has their own stuff, 
like there's a story there too. I think that's a mm-hmm. that's a good interesting storyline. But Taylor, you're right. Sometimes it's just like no, Prince John is a jerk. Yeah. He you know, he's just a he's just a mm-hmm. bad guy. Like he grew up rich and royal and now we're supposed to feel bad for him when he's like hurting everybody and trying to kill people because his feelings were hurt or something i don't know you know what i mean like i think i think Mm -hmm. it's a good point like he's such a bad guy it's important to call out the bad guys well and there's nuance there because like um elsa in frozen it's the snow queen that has been traditionally a villain and they're kind of asking the question, like, why is a woman with power intrinsically a villain? Like, I think that's a smart mm-hmm. deconstruction of a villain. Mm-hmm. And the, the story revolves yes. around that idea that a woman can have power and not be dangerous. Um, but that's not like that. That that deconstruction has a purpose. Not just every movie needs to make us feel a little bit of sympathy for the bad guy. Which you know, mm-hmm. I think you're right. You know, and I think I think what it, by contrast, what does a good job of that is like if you think of the show Succession, where, like, you have a bunch of super rich, powerful people, and they all have their problems, but I never think they... They don't make you feel too bad for them. Like, there Mm. there might be moments where you feel a little bit of sympathy for a character here or there, or, like, you enjoy them. I enjoyed them a lot, but I wasn't rooting for any of them because they were jerks. Like, I don't feel bad for you. (laughs) You've had everything you've ever wanted, and I don't feel bad for you, and I think it's... It's okay to to tell that story too. Like, you don't have to feel sympathy for these people. Yeah. I can't empathize with the uber rich who have never wanted for anything for a moment in their life. I can't empathize with those people. That's fine. I don't have to. Well, or like contra. Like, Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like Tangled. You know, like Mother Gothel isn't a villain who you get like a backstory of like, oh, this is mm-hmm. why she is like she is. It's like, oh no, she just like kidnapped a baby and you know. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty you bad. Child. Baby. Like, even if you have a, a one-off number about, here's why I stole the child. Like, I don't care. No, no, we don't know. Still stole, still stole the child baby. just so you can look hot forever. Like that's, <laughs> you that's can look it. hot forever. That's, that's a bad reason to steal a baby. <laughs> not a good one. There's not a good one, reason to steal a baby. Um, <laughs> that's, on, that's low on the list, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I liked, I like when Disney movies go hard and i don't mm-hmm. i think it's less and less that they do and I, I i to a certain extent i get it i do think deconstructing deconstructing archetypal villain is important because we have this idea that like anyone that looks well let's be real let's look at disney's history anybody that acts a little gay is probably the bad guy yeah and yeah he'll die horribly that's you know so it's good to deconstruct those archetypes but we don't want to get into the habit of the idea of like every bad guy has a reason that he's not so bad Maybe, but also when you do bad things that are destructive and hurtful, you've just chosen to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I will say one thing that was always, and I think it's just, again, this is more the story of Robin Hood and not so much the this version of the story. One thing that's hard is that taxes are such a bad thing <laughs> in this. like Overtaxing. That, well, yeah, and but like I, I feel like that taxes got a bad rap in my mind for a while like oh the tax collector that's the bad guy like the sheriff is going around taking taxes from everybody and like the sheriff's a jerk like he's a jerk also though if if they were real animals they'd be in trouble because the sheriff's a wolf and that would be rough um but like the sheriff is a he's a bad dude we know this he's a bad dude but taxes aren't necessarily bad (laughs) taxes are important 
Mm. We just shouldn't be taxing that single mom who has like 30 bunny children. We should be taxing. I don't know who the rich people are in town other than the king, though. Who are the rich people? Where are the rich people? It seems like it's just, I mean, I'm, I I think they simplified the structure of society for this movie. It is a rich person. Yeah, they the didn't want to bring John. in just the, the, the sideline nobility that's profiting. Like, <laughs> that would have, that would have a whole different movie. I mean, I guess Maid Marian needs to pay her taxes. Well, yeah. We didn't get into that. <laughs> There's was, a lot of complex issues going on in Robin Hood. You got taxes, you got beheadings. I'm, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that the poor people are the most overtaxed. Yes, is that accurate. is a problem. Yeah. That, that the people that, you know, pay a quarter of, like a quarter of their income that's under $20,000 a year to mm-hmm. the government, while people that make millions of dollars probably pay about the same amount, if not nothing at all. That now, is... That's fair. That absolutely. But how do we feel about in this in this representation? The church did get taxed. Now, <laughs> well, this is fair, fair point. This is, fair point. This is a issue. <laughs> like, well, were they involved in um, lobbying? That's my question. Was the church lobbying? Because if they were, shouldn't they be taxed? <laughs> Well, I mean, this is this a political organization? <laughs> I mean, the whole beginning of why, like, good good King Richard is gone, right, is because he went off on another crusade. But it's it's because the the bad guys tricked him into doing a crusade. That's not. I'm pretty sure a snake didn't trick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't. That wasn't accurate. I, the crusades happened, and they were terrible. They were bad things that happened. The, so there is a, yes, there is a line. Ah. Uh, I think it's in one of the songs where they sing something about like good King Richard off on his good crusade or on his mm-hmm. noble crusade. They they refer to it something like that. And I remember thinking like, oof, oof, forgot that element. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Ooh. That's not, those are those are religion inspired bad things that happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's a rare movie that makes me go like, heck yeah, for the church. And I that's, you know. This yeah. Yeah. You're you're rooting for Friar Tuck, and he seems I, okay. I guess King Richard. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, I don't. I know. mean, is he like I, I? Presumably, when he comes back, everybody gets their money back. But they already stole their money back, so they got their money. Yeah, yeah. Robin Hood saw to that. I mean, it, he he pardoned Robin Hood, so he wouldn't be murdered. That was the ending, right? <laughs> and they got to get married. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have that in there. Can't just end with a pardon. You gotta end with a wedding. Now, if he married Maid Marian, who I mean, like she's part of royalty, right? Like she is something royal. She's a maid. She's a maid. (laughs) I don't know what she is, but she's something royal. So now, is he part of the royal family? And has he like he stepped into a place of great riches and power? And like, what's he gonna do with that? That's an interesting story. How are you gonna square that, Robin Hood? He he he's a class betrayer. Is he going to give it all away? I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, steal from the, <laughs> steal from the rich, give to the poor when you're part of the poor. But now you're part of the rich. Oh, no. Now that's mm-hmm. how they get you. And so I like, well, we can't we can't stop what you're putting down. So we're just going to give you enough money that you're not going to complain anymore. 
It sounds like or, a budding libertarian. He's going to be like, listen, I'm socially still very <laughs> liberal, but uh, economically, I, I can see a more conservative. <laughs> or do they try to behead him again? Because now that he's uh, a member of the aristocracy of, <gasps> of the nobility, he committed, you know, treason and crimes We've, against the, the, the crown. We've moved the story from England to France. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, historically, when was this taking place? How close is it to the French Revolution? That's a good question. That's a good know. question. This this is where this is where our historical ignorance begins to show. Bad uh, serial podcast, bad history podcast. Absolutely. Not, absolutely not claiming to understand anything that's not an animated movie at this point. Medieval? I bet if they had some reference to what the medical belief systems were at the time, I may have a, a, a you know century I could pinpoint. Yeah, or the booze. I could I could tell you maybe mm-hmm. what they're drinking at this time period. That's about it. It's in barrels. The snake gets in one. Yeah, gets drunk. Yeah. Oh, there's drunkenness too. Yeah. So the real the original Robin Hood is 1194. So okay, 12th century. Long time ago. I don't, that has no meaning in my head of what that means for the world at that time. I'm just going to be honest. Knowing what year it took place doesn't change anything I said. I don't really know what that means history wise. I have no knowledge of history or eras or time periods. I believe we were before the plague, the big plagues, like the uh, worst plagues. Yeah. But they were on their way. They were on their way. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, we we're we've gone on too long. I will say last thing last thing I wanted to know is the music is so good in this movie. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. It's so good. Like all of it's good. I mean that song about love that they sing when they're under the waterfall and he gives her the flower ring. Oh my gosh. Just heartbreaking. And then Great of course music. all of the all the that um that rooster who wanders around playing his guitar is pretty cute too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, you like the rooster? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's pretty good. Does Justin have any thoughts about your your type and t- animated he, I don't creatures? He, I don't know. I don't think he. I think he like listens and goes, uh huh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. We could. <laughs> we all have our thing. I'll just leave it at that. We all have our thing. That's true. Man, I, have you? City, were you a fan of what was it, Rockadoodle? That was the one with the the Elvis inspired rooster, right? Oh yeah. To bring that to the table <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. Sydney said, "Oh yeah." Oh, I, I had forgotten I about him, him, but now this I is, remember. This is if, if you want to start talking about this, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to revisit Gadget, okay? We I have we've talked about. We, We've done. Oh, I know. Well, about I'm gadget. just saying, like we before we all start, before we all start throwing rocks at Sydney, like let's revisit Gadget. I, I don't. I'm I not throw it. Not throw rocks. No. Just, just no. asking the questions. I went into cartooning. I my I prefer <laughs> fictional characters hands down to human people. Um. Well, thank you all for watching for watching Robin Hood again. Um. It was uh it was fun to it was fun to rewatch it. I hadn't seen it in so long. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it. Um Taylor, what's next? Um I want to talk it's 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 still a band that's pretty current, but um 
the album that I really loved from them uh, was one of their earliest. Maybe they, I think it was their first album, actually. Um, and that's uh, American Weekend by Waxahachie. All right. So nice, chill, good fall vibe album. I think I think you'll Perfect. appreciate it. Awesome. Perfect. We will check that out for next week. Um, in the meantime, thank you all for watching Robin Hood. I'm sure our listeners have seen this before. Feel free to <laughs> feel free to watch it again if you if you so choose. You know, it's the you know where to find movies. Um, <laughs> the, you know, they're they're on your TV. You just like search for them. Um, <laughs> thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to maximumfun.org uh, and listen to all the great shows there. And you can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And thank you to the, to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am, am too. I can't say the <laughs> I was gonna say it. Like, oh. I need more coffee. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons. Or have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.